0: Everybody is I, you all know you are you, and wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them, and when they come into being, that's you coming into being.
1: Yo, 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 beautiful people, how's it going? So anyway, this week on the Send podcast, I met up with a guy called Ryan Cropper. Ryan is somebody who has been exploring the world of astral projection for over 20 years now and he's somebody who has been exploring and asking questions about consciousness and the nature of reality and as you know on this podcast I love to delve deep down the realms of them questions and ask the biggest questions and we certainly do that in this conversation too. Really interesting because I think this conversation now is either the third or fourth podcast I've actually done with Ryan now because for some reason, the other two conversations that I did with Ryan, for some reason, the audio has just vanished into thin air. And for some reason, when I went to get the audios off the cards that I used to record the conversations, the audio just completely disappeared and wasn't there and sometimes these things happen when you do a podcast the audio just disappears so anyway i had to travel back down another three hours to record the conversation again but it's all good anyway because this conversation was well worth it and i had a great time just hanging out with ryan as well he's really is a cool guy i just wanted to say as well that i wanted to mention that a few weeks ago which was which was really um was really wild to be honest I was meant to do a podcast with an interesting lady called Polly Higgins, who was really who was really doing some powerful work in the world of saving the planet and putting in legislations to save the planet. And she really was doing some powerful work. She used to be a lawyer and a barrister, and she was really she was really a powerful lady. And sadly, I thought I had some um, news that she, a week before I was meant to do a podcast with her. She sadly passed away at the age of fifty. And which is really well because I mean the age of 50 I mean it's not I know it can happen to anyone but when when it does happen to somebody who's around you it really does shock you to the system and makes you really think especially when someone's only 50 years old that that life is so short and we need to just sort of make the most of everything that comes our way and really enjoy life to the full so um, just wanted to bring that up anyway so this conversation is really a powerful one. There's also gonna be a bonus conversation for Patreon subscribers of me and Ryan speaking as well. So if you want access to that, all you need to do is become a patron and you'll have access to the bon- that bonus podcast of me and Ryan. And as you know now, there's an RS feed, which you can add to your favorite podcast app that you listen to podcasts on. And all the bonus podcasts, just exactly like the new episodes, download to your phone now they also do when you get the when you become a patreon member as well the patreon bonuses so anyway i hope you check that out and support the podcast it really would mean a lot just as well just in a conversation last uh, the weekend gone with a guy called tim sheath wanted to speak to him for ages we talked about fasting cold exposure he did a he did a 35-day fast. We talked about how do we navigate our way through the Monday world and how is it affecting our health at the same time. So that was a great conversation. I've also got a conversation lined up next week or the week after, I think it is, with Robert Wagner, the return of Robert Wagner. I know you all loved him, so speaking to him very soon. Also got a conversation, uh, an artificial intelligence debate lined up with two interesting guys really wanted to have a conversation around that and is artificial intelligence going to be good versus bad and really get into the crups and some deep topics with that and also in the future as well just to give you a heads up i'm really looking at trying to get some people on here who is really living lives in alternative ways i really want to get some people on who is i really want to try and get across a message and an understanding of how how someone could actually live off grid it's something that i've been looking into and interested in doing in the future and i'm sure as i know you've met a lot of people's messages and you're thinking the same you want to want to understand how do you actually sort of get a place that's off grid and how 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 does how does the inner workings go on it so i want to get someone on the podcast to talk about that in the future So there's many other interesting conversations coming up in the future anyway so i hope you enjoy this conversation with ryan cropper we go deep (laughs) into the realms of on into the will with this one i hope you enjoy anyway i know you will Right, so let's do this. (laughs) So you went really deep down into the world of astral projection, Um, and a a question I really wanted to start us off and ask you was, do you think it's important for people to sort of, to create a habit around exploring their own consciousness? Yes,
2: it definitely is, because I think it's really good for a person to understand how their mind works. Um, I honestly believe it's one of the first things that should be taught in schools, how your mind works before you figure out how to make money or even math you know it's just it's best otherwise you'll run into a whole bunch of mental problems if so you don't know what's going on up here which a lot of people get after a while you know it's confusion essentially
1: yeah. do you, do you, um, how do you how do you think people can start forming that habit within themselves
2: well they need to want to a lot of people don't want to look inside their mind um you know, that sounds very scary. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Sometimes well, I, I just imagine that people would think like, oh yeah, wh- whatever, you know, like not really pay any energy not really putting any energy into even reacting to that type of claim. But if you if you push them into a corner, it's completely different. Yeah, scary. You're a freak out. Like, no, I don't want to go in my mind. And some people they don't even realize how bad it is in there until they take something like ayahuasca, or a psychedelic that shows them their imagination. Then it's like oh, and they freak out.
1: That's what sometimes I feel about you know the when you get that sense of resistance. You know when pe- you know you know the sense of resistance you get around if you around your close friends and you sort of trying to uh, sort of suggest a new sort of technique to try in meditation or even just to actually not even a technique just to even suggest them to do meditation you get that sense of the sort of where they're, they're trying to say, no, 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 that's not for me. I mean, that's a sort of a... For me, that's a sense of them sort of a, a bit of fear because I think once you, once they know that they open that door in the mind, that's when the work begins. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh, that's where the work begins.
1: Do you have you do you find that for yourself? when is that is that what happened for you in your journey when you st- sort of started looking at the the world of astral projection and lucid dream and all these other topics that you're looking at did that open a a door in your mind sort of see to be more introspective
2: it gave me the opportunity to i mean it it basically set up a scenario at which where i was astral projecting Mm. and i went to what they call the etheric realm which is where the most for the most part most of your thoughts are gonna manifest and i realized that a lot of my thoughts would manifest i'd watch a lot of horror movies and so I noticed that I couldn't change my environment around me. I was used to that with lucid dreaming. So I knew I was in a different place, but there was an extent as to how much of my mind was projected. And uh, they call it the inner demons literally manifest. And then uh, when, when I came back home, I was like, I want to make this like a thing. I want to constantly astral yeah. <laughs> project. So I can't always be afraid of my shadow or the fear or something like that. And so uh, I, I dive into psychology, like my mind. And to this day, the majority of what I teach is coming from me inside my head. <laughs> yeah. observing little things. Yeah, it's, it's very important. It's very important for a lot of people to get a handle on how they're thinking.
1: Yeah, what, so, what, so I really wanted to dive deep in the world of astral projection. What do you think is actually happening when someone has an astral projection and they leave the body? What do you think's going on there
2: oh man depends how you <laughs> depends on who you ask <laughs> <laughs> some people um, yeah really I mean because it really does depend on where your headspace is at. If you've taken a whole bunch of psychedelics, then you're probably under the predisposition that we're in a simulation and so everything is just consciousness beaming through something like a, a body, our body. And we're observing consciousness manifest. So it's kind of like you're walking, you're a walking projection. It's coming in through the back and in the front, and there's really nothing outside the projection. And if that's the belief system that you subscribe to, then that means the astral projection is also the same thing. Life after death is also the same thing. It's all just a projection of consciousness being in front of us based on what we think should be there and based on what the universal laws are. Um that I, I subscribe to that, yeah, um and the thing is is that's the same thing as basically saying that after you die, you go to another place. It's just you're taking it a little bit further and like what is that place made out of? What are these dimensions made out of, you know, what is the I am really experiencing? Yeah
1: when when you are in these realms of astral projection, do you is it is it for is it like sort of thought based?
2: Mm, yeah, everything is thought. Every, at the base of everything, it's consciousness. In 3D, it's a little harder to notice that. But the further you get away from this thought-based reality, the more you'll, you know, the more it become apparent that the other dimensions are reactive to your thoughts, which is like a key word. They're reactive to your thoughts. They're not made up of your thoughts. A lot of people think that it's all in your head and it's all your imagination, but they don't realize that that's a, that's a very hmm, they're missing a lot of info there. They're misunderstanding a lot of what's happening. Because everything is your imagination. The tree is your imagination, you know? But uh, we wouldn't say that that tree is coming out of our head. And so when it comes to astral projection and the things that you see, if you look at everything as I am you and you are me, then yeah, the astral realms is coming from you. I wouldn't say it's coming from your head, but it's definitely coming from a part of you that's bigger than this individual kind of scope. And um, so I just want to put that out there because you can't create a dimension from your ordinary awareness. You can only create lucid dreams from your ordinary awareness, you know, like imaginary things. Yeah. And so, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, just to reiterate on a point (coughs) you said as well, so when you were talking about how the lucid dream realm is sort of a thought-based reality, do you think that this reality now is also a thought-based reality as well?
2: I mean that cause and effect? Yeah. Yeah, this is good to mention that because I kind of forgot where I was going to go with that. Uh, So there are different laws based on this type of cause and effect principle. Uh, Like in this reality, if you think something and then you start speaking, stuff happens. Um, But for the most part, the Laws that we type that, that we kind of go along with is the, the law of action and doing things, you know. We're very like work busy, we don't have to be like that here, but that's just what we think we have to do. So we do it a lot in other dimensions. If you want to go somewhere, the reality will listen to you and literally take you there. It's like a giant navigational system, so you don't have to imagine where you're going or anything like that. Um, the reality will do that, so it's thought responsive, it's not imaginative. Not unless you go into the etheric realm, which is a little darker. Um, happen, you, people happen to get there sundown. As soon as the sun goes down, it gets weird. Mm-hmm. And that's where the, most, like, the majority of your thoughts will come out as a projection of your imagination. But even then, there is a side of the etheric realm which is also thought responsive. So you ask it for something, it's going to give you something. You put out the intention to see someone who's passed away. If they can get it, They'll show up, or you'll disappear and show up where they are.
1: Well, so so the manifestation of the thoughts are much, are more, a quicker. Sort of like, say, if you're in the astral realm, you you think of a thought, the your reality sort of just it just manifests straight away. But in this reality, the thoughts, you, with the manifestation of your own thoughts, it takes longer for that, longer for the them things to manifest. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is, do you is that what you feel?
2: Uh, I feel like the only reason why it takes people a long time here for the most part is because they're not aware of how to communicate with this dimension um, they they want things and then they sit there and you know they believe that they're only supposed to do a certain series of things but what if communicating to this reality was a little different to get a, a quicker response you know and so I think a lot of people aren't connected enough to this reality to get the speedy results. And I think a lot of people don't know how to do it properly.
1: How could someone do that?
2: Like you have to completely change your idea on how to attract things. And you, it's more of an internal job. Meaning I figured this out when I was, when I was younger, you know, uh, I was looking and someone said this also, I was looking at homeless people and i was looking at rich people and i was looking at how much effort they both put into their selected roles that they choose for themselves they put in an equal amount of effort you know to get to get their reality a certain way and i was thinking well why is that like why is this person like this and why is the other person like that and i was like well it's because of their mentality it's what they believe and so based on their mentality they they've Created a character an internal environment where they act a certain way they have a certain attitude They believe in specific things and they are willing or are not willing to do certain things and so Here's the thing when your vibration changes Really, it's your character that shifts because your character is a form of consciousness. It's your thoughts people call it ego and the more you can change how you feel the more your actions will change to su- to support the character you now believe you are, and so, for example, if I can convince you right now that you're a singer, you know, and 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 a model, like on the spot, and every part of you believed in it, you would leave my house. You'd probably go to a store, buy something, start getting in contact with fashion agents, and and start writing music on the way there. Mm-hmm. And within a couple of days, which well probably at the end of today, you'll have a song. You probably would have sung it because a lot of people can sing and they don't realize it. They block themselves because of uh, conditioning. Yeah. And you would have a hit single and probably be well on your way. I definitely would.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say it again. Yeah, I love that, by the way. And another question I want to ask you is, is w- with your experiences of astral projection, or you've went very deep in this realm. Do you, do you think that i mean what what sort of h how, how does how does that how does your understanding of astral projection inform your understanding of consciousness
2: It's bigger consciousness is bigger mm. yeah, I used to think it was just inside the body, you know, but it's really not, and so it just changed my view on the scope of what we are and the reality of the fact that that's what's living. You know, our body can function, but for the most part, you feel alive right now. Mm-hmm. But a, a large part of you—have you, have, have you asked projected
1: before? I haven't no. I don't think I have. Remember last time when we spoke, I said about how I've had a lot. Of, I've had. I've lucid. I'm a very vivid lucid dreamer, and I have a lot of lucid dreams. Yeah. And I was describing lucid dreams in the past to you, and you spoke to me about how you said that. Maybe that's not. you Maybe that was actual lucid dream. So I don't know if I have. I don't think I have.
2: So right now, the amount of awareness that you're able to sense mm-hmm. that you're probably associating to being physically alive, mm-hmm. is actually you feeling your consciousness. And so when you pass on, it will feel like you're still alive in that mm-hmm. sense. And that's why a lot of people get confused. Like, am I still alive? Like, what's going on here? They really don't know. And um, and so yeah, it's it's changed my my view on, I guess, immortality in a sense the sense of living. You have a sense that you never actually die; you just pass or just shift through to a different reality.
1: Well, wow. so when you said before about how you had a perception in the past where you said that you just believed that consciousness was just sort of within inside this body. What I mean, if you look around at the modern society now, we know that. I mean, a lot of my friends, if I said if I suggested to them that consciousness was a lot, consciousness, you you're not your body, you're something larger. People would straight away they would just laugh at you. I mean, why do you think people don't, can't come to terms with that, that there is something more than just this physical body?
2: I think they're numb, Mm -hmm. they just can't feel anything, it sucks. (laughs) Uh, You ever go outside and feel the wind on your face and does it feel good still? Yeah. Cool. I wonder, at what age does that stop being the case? Because I've been doing a lot of emotional healing work recently over the past four months. And the more I deal with my emotions, the more receptive I am to reality. Mm. The more I'm able to notice the wind and these little pleasures of life. And it's literally like... You ever seen a kid who was playing with his toy then all of a sudden got upset? And then the toy's not that fun anymore? Yeah. I, I wonder if people are... As they get older, because they're not dealing with their emotions, they're becoming more desensitized to life. I was out in the rain, like in a towel a couple of days ago, and I'm watching someone walk past me, and they're in like a trench coat, they have thick glasses on, a huge like hat, and they're just miserable, trying to get home. And I'm like, what's the difference between what I'm feeling right now and what they're feeling right now? Are they actually feeling everything that's happening right now? Because this feels pretty good. Yeah. But they seemed so focused on how they were like brooding, and, and she wasn't very happy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've I've actually had that thought. The other day, I was speaking to my close friend about this. About so because you're, you're obviously you're living in your body. I live in my body. Everyone listening to this podcast now lives within their bodies, and we don't ever really get there. I mean, you only you only get to feel what your body feels like. No one else gets to feel what their. We don't get to feel what everyone else's bodies like and the sensations that they're feeling. And I had the similar thing to you where. I, where the other day, where I was, I was in the rain, similar to you, and I was actually the the sensations of the rain dripping down my body and stuff like that. It, it felt amazing, and I was really sort of tuning in and tapping into sort of the marvel of it, really, of what it feels like. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think people on a general basis don't get that feeling. I mean, I, I, I've questioned the same as you. I don't know if it's. I mean, so do you, so do you think that it's is it down to that the more receptive the more. The more you work on yourself internally and the more you open yourself up to this larger picture of reality you feel that the, in this physical reality we can become, become more it actually it, it tunes the body in this physical reality to be more deceptible and more in tune with um the sort of the subtleties of life yes yeah yeah that's definitely. powerful that by the way
2: yeah and i love i love nature and before I was doing this work I really thought I was in tune with nature nah I was operating at like 10% mm.
1: and
2: that's just this is how it how it was because I had so much stuff in the way and um, yeah I mean I, I read in a book that prana is for life and that if you're feeling all of this energy outside if you're that receptive then it's going to be flowing through you with your breath and as long as you've got full receptivity to to this energy this life force that we're now opened up to you will live forever because it's always forever and then I took San Pedro yeah. and uh, I asked San Pedro a similar thing I was like so what's what's the deal with immortality and it was like oh it's simple you need to get rid of your thoughts <laughs> I was like what It's like your body stores thoughts from your past anything you're holding on to any perception of yourself uh, your worries your doubts your fears and it's not even like negativity is what's fully aging us. It's the stockpiling of these thoughts. It said you need to let it all flow through you and out with the wind. And it creates a clean system. Kind of like water constantly going down a pipe, cleaning the inside of the pipe. And it's like, as long as you do that, you don't have to die. And I was like,
1: okay. <laughs> yeah, I love that. How, how, how? The question I want to ask you as well is how deep have you gone in the astral plane?
2: Well, I don't know. I mean, actually, I do know. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Very deep. <laughs> at one time I was bored, and this interdimensional being showed up out of nowhere. Literally just cracked, like like shattering glass, a window, through time and space, and brought me through. And he took me to the edge of the universe, essentially, which was this multi-dimensionally faceted place where I could see other dimensions all around me. I actually had to go through a portal that was created from many dimensions and as i'm walking through like this this uh this 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 moving picture of sorts of a tunnel the beings are coming out from these individual scenes and walking with me and then we get to the final space which is like the edge of the universe and there's this huge moving dictation of consciousness from the smallest level like dirt and germs and stuff like that and then up to like insects and worms, and then animals and humans, and then planets and stuff like that. And it was just showing me personally. It was like it was taking my mind and putting me into this, this, this giant portrait of life, and allowing me to experience different different levels of consciousness. And then what it did was after that, it, took it this being that was guiding me through this entire thing, put its arm around me, it just pulled me out of that painting, and. Turned around and then showed me what else is there. You know, there's like this this other thing, which I've never seen before. Completely broke my brain.
1: Beyond language.
2: It's, it's of a different language. Like, this universe, everyone can conceptualize this universe from what they've seen. So probably their friends have talked about DMT and other things like that, and aliens. And, you know, we have a very limited scope because the way that we're making sense out of this universe, even parallel dimensions included, is through the media. You know, like Donnie Darko and Men in Black. And so when we really think about it, what we think we know about the world, even when it comes to source consciousness and all the beliefs throughout the religions, it's all within a box. Imagine someone took you out of everything you know about spirituality and took and literally put you somewhere else. Mm-hmm and what you're now standing in front of is like another box with another bunch of things in there which make no sense because it's got nothing to do with what we're in right now like Mm. this physical body to them a physical body is probably like six arms and like two two spinal cords and even then to them they don't call it spine and they don't even it doesn't even look like a spine it's completely different completely different and their source consciousness in that box or their idea of the universe Is completely warped. They probably don't even think of it like the universe. And so it's, at that point, practically impossible to figure out with what we know here what that other well, whatever whatever that is, is. And so it broke my brain because I was like, wait, there's two gods. Like, there's two source consciousnesses. This is breathing and moving. I know that for sure, but in a completely different way. And then it was like, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I was like, all right no one's gonna believe this then i came back
1: home <laughs> <laughs> i know last time we we, we talked we about the conversation last time and you said about how because i mean that story to me straight away i'm thinking like oh i want to explore that i want to explore that myself but i remember last time as well that like, you talked about how after a while because you you're somebody who's you've been doing this for a long time now and just like everything in life i think when you do a lot of stuff you, you get bored of certain facets of life it's just the nature of nature of what this is really I f- sometimes i feel that um and you said that sometimes that flying and going through walls and things like that after a while they do become boring and you want it, you want something you want something more sort of say do you then from that point did you is it do you think it's key to sort of then from that position actually to turn turn inward on yourself and actually go within yourself with astral projection yeah yeah
2: yeah because you kind of have to mm. in order to get to specific places you need to have your consciousness at a certain level and that's why when people pass on, depending on how much stuff they still need to sort through within their being, that will determine where they go. And then only once they realize certain things within that kind of testing ground, do are they then elevated to another dimension? Because then when you have these epiphanies, your mind changes. So your frequency shifts. So you become more mature, and then you go to another dimension that matches it. Or at least one that's more suited to yeah
1: yeah because i heard someone a while ago talking about how when with with astral projection obviously you'll know more that, more than this about me but i read a guy's book i can not remember what it's called now but i read a guy's book about astral projection anyway and he was speaking about how when you perceive sort of astral projection you see this, this sort of this a vast amount of potential where you can you can travel all these different worlds and stuff like this but you said that you actually neglect the fact that with inside of ourselves is like our our, our Bodies themselves have a universe within them, inside themselves, like yeah. a like microco- like you know the microcosm, yeah. Like actually within inside ourselves. Have you experienced that? Do you think that this mm-hmm. that the the body itself is actually infinite has infinite potential?
2: It's weird. Yeah. I on DMT and on ayahuasca, I noticed this. Um, I'm just gonna say what I saw. What I saw was inside our bodies are literally other dimensions, not just microverse. Bacteria and stuff like that, you could eat a piece of cake and it will get assimilated energetically through your energy bodies and materialize themselves as rain in another dimension inside your body. It's just weird. And on, that was on Ayahuasca. There was a bunch of creatures that were like, hey, it's raining. They, they didn't know anything that was happening. They didn't yeah. know they were inside the body. When I say creatures, I mean like right now we could be inside a person's body and we wouldn't know, like some type of entity. And it could be eating... I could be eating anything, but it's definitely not drinking water when it's raining. It's probably eating something physical, and it has no idea that it's being transformed in this way. On DMT, a complete portal opened up inside my body, and I can see it through my body, and it's like looking down a volcano, and beings were coming up and singing and making noises and chanting, and uh, that got really weird, because they would come up and out, and then I would kind of lose all sense of myself <laughs>
1: yeah i've thought about that's a good point by the way because i've i've questioned that in my own life because you know like how we have we have in our, in our bodies now we have bacteria and stuff i mean i've questioned that them as that bacteria i mean we know that obviously the latest studies now suggest that that bacteria in your body is actually sort of shaping your reality now so it makes you choose certain decisions what sort of um foods to eat and things like that and i've questioned if that's going on with inside ourselves is this something are we what are we embedded in that we don't understand <laughs> oh yeah wow but then from that position as well you can also ask yourself Is if you are if you are in, embedded within something else are you going to be sort of a good bacteria or a bad bacteria <laughs> yeah and affect the and, and affect the host <laughs>
2: yeah like a virus at that point right
1: yeah, yeah. Hmm. have you seen that new um, that TV series on Netflix by the way the there's a new, there's a new series called Rain have you heard it or not so basically it's a it's a it's a it's really weird because it's like it's dubbed it's German I think or Swedish but it's dubbed in English and anyway the in the documentary there's a virus where the, this uh, basically the rain brings a virus to the people and the virus to they start spreading the virus across the people and stuff like that and uh, it's funny because what I got from that the, the the documentary is that it was sort of like an analogy of consciousness to a sense. Of like, Because that's what sometimes feel like consciousness is doing. It's sort of like if we are inside of something else and we're sort of the bacteria that's inside of something larger than ourselves, that we're sort of, we're them little bacteria that's going around spreading sort of positive you know, positive or negative information and then you spread that on to someone else and then eventually the host becomes something even bigger and comes blossoms into something better. I mm-hmm. do feel like you have to watch that documentary. Yeah, that mm-hmm. program, really cool. Something else I want to ask you as well is... is um yeah, That's what I want to ask you. See if somebody, I mean, because a lot of people who listen to this podcast and things, they're the people who are doing a lot of work. The, the people who probably, maybe they might not have, but they might, they are, I do get a sense that they, they do get an understanding of what astral projection is and what lucid dreaming is. And they're starting, a, they're on this sort of journey of doing the work and things like that. If someone who's in that position now and they're, on, they're sort of on the train, sort of saying they're doing the work, what do you think is the sort of the first step for them for exploring their consciousness now Hmm. good question it would depend on where they're at
2: and what they want to do i mean the one thing that everyone has in common is once you start it's like once you get on that roller coaster it doesn't stop until it's finished and so, <laughs> if you start yeah. <laughs> going in your mind through meditation first, instead of astral projection, eventually you're going to come around to astral projection and psychedelics and things like that. If you start off with astral projection and psychedelics, eventually you're going to go into your mind. And just, just depends on how comfortable you what are. A, what with.
1: about, this is what I was thinking of, what about, because the big one that I see a lot of people is, is before, you, when you start doing the work, you have to sort of um, re-examine your, your belief systems.
2: Yeah. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah, be careful because if you do something too fast you can go crazy and craziness is just holding on to an old belief system and then freaking out because what you've now been presented with isn't making sense it's not matching up with what you've been told in school and a lot of people place a lot of value on their belief systems so it feels like they're losing a lot of things that's craziness um, yeah how
1: how do belief systems affect the astral plane?
2: Mm, not much, I mean, it just limits what you're able to do as a person or as a consciousness, yeah, I mean a lot of people still walk in the astral plane where you can you can teleport and fly and stuff
1: yeah, but say if somebody's say if in an astral plane somebody's because obviously I know psychedelics and stuff if you're if you're in your mind you're manifesting fear within a psychedelic the, the psychedelic's going to take you to to, to that fear is that the same astral projection if you if you're somebody who has so many fears in your mind and you see if you're even if you're thinking of demons and hell and stuff like that is that going to take is, is astral projection going to take you there dependent on your fears in your mind
2: yeah yeah for the most part a lot of beings like to feel your mind they like to see it's kind of like blood in the water to a shark if you're afraid of things you're going to attract a lot of things yeah and uh, when it comes to hell There's an entire thought realm around the idea of hell. And if you believe you're supposed to be there, you will literally dematerialize and show up there. If you think you're a bad person, you're going there. Because you think you're a bad person. It's got nothing to do with whether or not you're a bad person. You're judging yourself at the end of the day. And um, you just go where you think you're supposed to go. And it's the same in life. It's the same across the board for the most part.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When you're in that, when you're on the astral, the astral plane and stuff like that, I know you were speaking before how you said about how a lot of it's from within in you. Like you create, you create the, you create the astral projection yourself. But when you're in that, in the realm of astral projection, just like when I've been in the lucid dream realm, I do get a sense that I am creating that myself and I'm creating what what I'm seeing in front of us. But is there any part of you that that suggests to you that it's more than that and it's actually, for example, see if you you come across an entity within the lucid dream. Sorry, not a lucid dream. When in, that in astral projection, you come across an entity or something, and uh, you get there's a sense to you that it, it seems like it, it knows more than it's it, 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 you get that sense that you feel like it's not just coming from within you. Have you ever had that feeling that you've, you've met sort of an entity within the astral projection, you feel that it's not actually part of you and it has some has its own form of consciousness or something? Oh, yeah, many yeah. times,
2: yeah, most of the time nowadays because I don't project anymore, like I don't project my consciousness. In the astral realm anymore, I'm just like there, and so what I'm seeing nowadays are things, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's very interesting, it's very interesting because you've got your internal mind, you know, and then you've got your external mind, which is what a lot of people are yeah. out of touch with, and so. I like to look at it like in the same way that you can create an imagination and create something inside your head. Your external reality, your external mind is also creating and moving and and putting things in front of you, these beings. And so, like like you're, you know, you've heard this, you're me, I'm you. So I'm basically, if this is our mind, then I am your imagination. And it's the same with these beings. And the reason why I bring that up is because That is very different from a projection from your ordinary awareness. From where you are here, if you project that out into the astral realm, you're limited as to what you can do and you'll notice it too. Mm -hmm. And the same with lucid dreaming. You'll notice when someone from your your bigger mind kind of steps into your normal mind. It's like, you're different. You're thinking different, you shouldn't be here. And, and, And furthermore, when you go up into the dimensions You'll start to meet beings or aspects of yourself that are aware of this. And so because of that, they can do more things. They can take memories out of your head. They can put memories in your head because essentially it's your head, it's both your heads. They can make you feel whatever they want you to feel. Um, Your consciousness is theirs to play with if they want to, just as easily as you can change your thoughts now and so yeah it's it's just strange that that's that that happens
1: <laughs> have you ever had an experience where because i've had a an experience right with where 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 you what you're talking about there about these like these sort of these these sort of intelligent entities that's what i would call them where you you feel that they're not a part of your your own consciousness have you ever got the sense where they feel like you feel like they, they envy you because i've had a, an example where i've encountered certain Certain um, I don't know what what's the right word to use. Encountered certain beings or certain people, really, in these in lucid dreaming and in, in, with psychedelics as well. And I get the sense that they envy the, the this physical react, re, uh, physical reality. They say that they, they, they sort of envy us, envy me that that I'm in this physical the physical realm. Have you ever had an experience where you've had that experience before?
2: I've had about three that I can remember. One was with a a geisha, you know, Chinese geisha and Japanese, I think, where they paint their faces white with the black teeth. Yeah, she was a deity, and people who have passed on within a certain part of Asia would line up and give her offerings and ask for things. And I I met her, and she really didn't like me. She didn't even look at me. And uh, then I met a couple of reptilians. They hated me, and I met. Beings, dimensional beings that don't have specific chakras. And they didn't like me because I had all of them pretty much compared to them. Like they thought I had all of them. How many we actually have? I still wonder. Some people say 13, some say seven. Either way, I had more than they did and they weren't happy with that because it meant that I could experience a
1: wider range of reality because I can vibrate between different frequencies. Mm. And so they were very much limited. So why do you think the env- envious like a thing that I thought of is I mean one of my f- theories is that the envious because this, the f- the physical realm that we're in is the is the I feel anyway that is is co- possibly could be the the quickest realm for evolution mm. in terms of yourself that you can learn so much about you so fast interesting that's sense. the sense that I've got from them sometimes Oh, how do you get that from them I just get a sense that. The the, the 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 experiences I've had from it is that the what they've suggested to me is that in the physical realm how many th- how how many things go on in daily life like things that you yeah. because I think sometimes in life we like to think that lessons are are clear like everything's cl- so clear so like. People think that lessons are only fa- sometimes are only found in in big things. So, like, say if something a challenging a challenging event happens in your life, people tend to think that that challenging event is the only is the only aspect of of you to learn. Mm. But I feel that, and what I got from them is is that they were telling me that that that's not the case. Every single aspect, every single every single thing that you're doing in your daily life is an aspect of learning. Without, without, with, with you knowing it or with you not, and that's what the, what they transcended across to me. That's huge. Mm-hmm.
2: Man, and they're aware too, so they'll notice what we're not picking up on. Yeah, it's like, Ooh, look at that human being—the library of knowledge and experience. Yeah,
1: I mean, if you think you think thinking your daily life now, the things that you do. I mean, I mean, we talked about before the subtleties of of nature and stuff like that—feeling the wind on your face, feeling the rain, and things like that. We do underestimate. I mean, anyone. Looking back on my own journey, is is not just noticing the subtleties of life and being more in tune with what's going on, but even just the the lessons, like how many lessons come up in our daily lives that we don't even realize. I mean, now um, have you have you started noticing that in your daily life of how the smallest thing is is actually you can learn from the smallest event that happens to you?
2: Yeah, it feels like I'm forced to nowadays. Mm-hmm. In the past, I couldn't learn at all because I was too closed off. I wasn't aware enough. And I noticed that I was having the same reoccurring event happen until eventually I got something and then I would as soon as I got it it just stopped happening you know or got whatever that moment was supposed to teach me um which you know after listening to you I'm pretty sure there was still a whole bunch of stuff that I was missing out yeah that I could probably revisit in memory
1: <laughs> so so see if someone wants to start ex- like having some more of these experiences of astral projection what what would you say to somebody? I know you said before, which I wanted you to touch on as well, when we were speaking off the podcast, you were saying about how the aspect of sort of writing things down, that's a that's a powerful tool as well because it induces the subconscious trigger in your mind to have more of them experiences. Yeah. But, is I mean, you could talk a bit about, bit more about that one. I thought that was cool. Or any other things that you do.
2: That could work with astral projection.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: That, this is the beginning of a new method, but yeah. it sounds a bit... I'm not sure if many people do that yeah because a lot of people write down their dreams
1: mm-hmm. I do that a lot I have a dream journal
2: <laughs> mm, there are quite a few methods um, on my YouTube channel I've got methods that are more sensory sensor, sen- sensory sensory based and so it deals less with your imagination but then I've got some that deal with your imagination Um, These methods help you get a feel for astral projection, and they help you get a feel for... Well... And they help you trigger astral projection. For example, there's one where you have a ball in your hand, and you're laying down on your bed. I do it on my couch. And you feel the ball in your hand, and you get a feel for what that feels like. And then you basically just let it fall, and you will hear it drop on the floor. Then what you gotta do is you've kinda gotta convince yourself that the ball is still in your hand. And obviously there's not gonna be anything there, but you're acting as if. You're not seeing it in your hand with your imagination, you're just, it's just sensory, just feeling something that isn't there as if it's actually there. Eventually, because of what you're doing, your mind is gonna stay awake, and you're going to unknowingly slip into a very deep state which seems to be the recipe for these trigger methods they trigger an actual projection and what should happen is it should feel like the ball has all, has all of a sudden materialized in your hand and you can feel it and you can squeeze it and then at that point you'll probably still think you're not anywhere you'll probably still think that you're holding the physical ball mm. but then as soon as you drop it it hits that ground it's gonna be like wait a second I wasn't holding the ball I've already heard it hit the ground you know (laughs) I didn't pick it up and that's the cue for getting up and you're being the astral plane and so one of my favorite videos on my YouTube channel is uh, my five best ways of astral projecting because I put the most effort into it Mm -hmm. it's like a visual story of using your mobile phone behind your pillow and then removing your mobile phone and putting your hand back underneath there and acting as if you got the mobile phone there yeah. you have to use an old timey phone one that's not touch screen so that you can feel buttons uh, like a blackberry and uh, or a nokia and what that will do is is eventually <laughs> eventually you'll be like wait a second I removed the phone like what's going on and it's the same with chewing gum just chew it get it before that's yeah. like take it out act like it's still there all of a sudden you've got gum in your mouth Huh? yeah the trigger methods they're some of the best ones
1: yeah i like the trigger methods i mean even for lucid dreaming it, the the trigger method of the hands that always works for me but something something i wanted to touch on as well was because uh a big thing for me that i've noticed is patience within it i'm sure you obviously get a lot of people asking you is like you've give us this technique and it's not working or something like that but patience i think is the key with whatever conscious practice it is like even just example just to take it down to basics i mean if someone goes to the gym you're not going to do 50 pull-ups in the first session it's going to take you years to build up that all the sort of the little t- intricate muscles to build up to do the 50 pull-ups and i think it's probably the same for astral projection as well as it you need to it, you have to give the you have to honor the practice and have patience with it mm-hmm. honor
2: and have patience so that you can develop your awareness on what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong same thing as working out in the gym to help realize the intricacies the, co- like the complexities of astral projection like actually leaving the body because you can be sat there doing push-ups the wrong way for years and you're getting nowhere and <laughs> yeah. you know, it's the same way with astral projection and so you know this, what is it that changes how your hands are positioned well it's experience you realize nothing's happening so you change something a little bit and so you're, you're developing as an aware being what to do and what not to do and your body remembers that there are specific subtleties, specific frequencies that come about specific mental practices that stick and that do build the more you do the practice, and so yeah, it's an energetic. It's like an energetical muscle that happens the more well, that happens to build the more. I'm reword that.
1: <laughs> the more you develop that, that's sort of the muscle for it.
2: I don't want to say build though. Because oh, right. I've had people refer to it as muscle too often yeah. and they take it too literally. Whereas it's more like your capacity to sense what's coming out of the practice increases because you're building more of this energy. You're, you're channeling it and it's able to stay in your system.
1: I love that. What, what I would love to know what, what's... In terms of astral projection, what has that taught you most about life I mean because you you you've somebody like I said earlier in the podcast, you're somebody who's been doing this for a long time now I mean, how many years have you been astral projection for now?
2: Uh, I like to say all my life all your life so twenty six years <laughs> and when I was a child,
1: so that's a long time
2: it's a long time. I didn't know I was doing it when I was a child. I just thought that ghosts dead people and entities were a part of physical reality well because I was like I'd blink i lay down and blink and I'm there and I didn't realize that I was even shifting and sometimes I'd just be sat there and I could see things and you know, i like fully and to this day I'm not even sure if I was actually seeing dead people or if if for a moment I kind of just shifted into the other reality because or maybe I was doing doing both maybe Maybe that's what seeing dead people is. It's using three eyes at the same time, the same way that you can open up two eyes at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's funny. And it's, no, I love that. It's funny you said that because I had a guy, guy on the podcast called Anthony Peake, and he's like an explorer, a researcher on consciousness. And he has this theory where he suggests that so you know when young children at a a young age they start just like you've just explained there you're you're seeing figures you're seeing uh, ghosts uh, you're perceiving as ghosts anyway he believes that it's sort of a a flickering from the attunement of consciousness so when a child first comes into this reality they have some form of they're still interacting with something else that they'd be prior that they came from and he also has the theory as well as is that do you know when people get the end of life and they start seeing I mean, there's encounters of people with I think it's a dementia or something like that. Anyway, but they start seeing, seeing beyond the veil, sort of. They he he suggests that that could potentially could be sort of the flickering between the the veil, the p- flickering between the the different realities. Yeah, that's cool. A wild out
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh uh-huh. Because you come in with so much energy, you've just been burst, and so it feels like you're still an alien or whatever you were before yeah. you got here. <laughs> yeah
1: that's what i'm saying we underestimate that birth process don't we We don't really i mean we don't really i mean i do i question every single day in in my day-to-day life of what was what was before and what's going to be what's going to be after and obviously you've went you went very deep into that as well but it's 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 wild to think if if that is a case of because i do get a sense that this reality that we're in now is just this sort of this this temporary fleeting thing that we're just experiencing, like me and you and these avatars right now, and these meat suits, and we've come together for this moment, to do this podcast now. Now, do you get a sense that there is there is something, there is something larger to this, to whatever's going on that we we don't know what it is? Have Have you questioned why we're here, why why me, like not just why me and you are having this conversation <laughs> now, <laughs> but why why we're immersed in this thing that we're in?
2: Yeah. I've questioned it, and I've gotten so many answers, and I've listened to other people's answers, and... I think it's... I think the answer to that, those questions, are very... What's the word I'm looking for? Objective. Very objective. It's based on... If you think about it, it's based on our past, really. That's how we're going to answer those questions. And if you have a good relationship with the past, or if you've been helping people your entire past, and then, oh, my, my brain just like flipped inside out for a second. It's <laughs> like, yeah, because of this. <laughs> so, see if I can explain that on, on the podcast. So if you have a good relationship with the past, it could just be that, this is what my brain just said, that those things were set up so that you could help people in a certain way, and that is your life purpose, and that is why you're here, you know. And uh, where I was going with that before that kind of happened in my head was the past kind of dictates what you choose is your destiny, you know, based on your your circumstances. So if you've been bullied a lot and you need to help a lot of people, you've had that urge to help a lot of people in the past, you're gonna, if you can relate to who are also being bullied, you're gonna want to start helping more people in the future. But now it's like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Or are they both the same thing that just kind of intermingled? Do you need those experiences in order to cultivate that energy? Or is the energy there before, and that's what's setting up the play? Yeah. For the most part, I've had a lot of people tell me what I'm supposed to do. And a lot of entities tell me what I'm supposed to do. And... At one point in my life, I just did whatever I wanted to do. But then ultimately, I got a little older and I realized we're both doing the same thing. I'm doing what they thought I was going to do. And um, I guess there's no way around it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the same for everyone else as well. Whatever they're doing at this precise moment is exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Kind of like uh, what you were saying about how you can learn from every moment and a lot of people aren't aware of it but these entities are what we're doing impacts everyone on such a large scale and we're not even aware of it you can smile to someone out on the street they're in a happy mood then they choose to win a lottery ticket they become a millionaire that's like a huge leap by the way but then they become a millionaire set up a, an orphanage houses the, the greatest minds of the future I say that's a big leap because really it doesn't need to be that big one smile can pass on to another person and to another person and each little good vibration can shift I don't even know what the number could be how infectious how many people could that touch within a week how many interactions do we have as human beings per day think about a month I have this belief just through logic that you've already changed the world that both of us, by doing one little thing, and we're constantly doing it, but we've already at this time within our lives have impacted everyone on this planet just by waving at someone or by saying something. And that we've already changed the world or in the process of changing the world. And just because we can't see it being a very specific way doesn't mean it's not happening or it hasn't happened already, you know? Which is crazy because then it means that you're directly connected through your actions to every single person on the planet, in some way. Just got to use a little bit of imagination to figure that out, and even then, I'm sure there's more. You know?
1: Yeah, I love that. I think that's probably a good place to wrap it up as well. You know, I love that. <laughs> by the way, that was a great point. Let's wrap it up there. It's <laughs> cool. I, I don't think we're going to end the podcast any better. Awesome. Cool. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you liked that conversation there really was a great conversation it went all over the place and we did dive deep into the realms of the unknown so i just wanted to say as well if you want to support the podcast it really would mean a lot and it helps me to keep doing what i'm doing even the price of a cup of coffee each month really means a lot and honestly it really does go so far and i just wanted to say i thank thanks so much to all the current patrons who really help me to keep doing what i'm doing it means a lot and honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I really do love you all. And every, everyone who tunes into this podcast, or you all, every single week, really means so much to me. So anyway, I just wanted to play this podcast out with a song that actually a Patreon um, subscriber, somebody who, this is a Patreon subscriber actually who has been listening to the podcast f- right from the early days of this thing, which is wild because I think that was nearly three years ago. She's called Ellen. And she recommended this song to play at the end of the podcast. It's called A New Day by an artist called Grits, I think it is. But basically, it's a a very positive song, positive encouragement for the world. And basically, just trying to encourage us to have more love in the world. It is really a cool song. I love the vibe of it. And I'm sure you will love it too. So anyway, I'll catch you next week, everyone. Keep smiling wherever you are in the world. Have a great day. And keep seeking everyone. Peace and love.
0: Mo I might give up my I go fighting for our peace with the violence people trading blood with the diamonds I feel like we might never learn shots to the sky shots to the sky shadows we use to fight darkness but it's the light that we need to harness Make the world glow with reflection They bring guns and guns and bullets and some more Till the youth get shot but drop on the floor Till them can't understand what you're fighting for no more I got to open up that door to a, a new wave It's a, a new day So leave your boxes and bullets and chains on the floor It's a, a new It's a a new day Rise up to the light, the sound is so pure It's a a new day It's a new day day. In this trying time, what you fighting for? It's a a new day It's a, a a new day Keep your head up high till we end this war Japanese